Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Drive for Show DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. Back at you with another tournament this week, and the golf calendar starts to, I guess, you know, some people might consider this kind of around the the start of the golf season with the Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines this week. We've got Pebble Beach coming up. Uh, we'll have the uh, Waste Management Phoenix Open coming up uh, around the week of the Super Bowl. So. Uh, lots of good golf tournaments ahead, and of course, we get right into the uh, the big tournaments now in March. And uh, yeah, it feels like uh, feels like golf season, I guess, is finally back because we'll have uh, kind of a tough test this week at Torrey Pines. So, I am Justin Van Zuden, as usual. STL Cardinals eighty four will be hosting the proceedings here for you with Mister Derek Farnsworth alongside, aka Notorious Noto. Uh, got the sharp roto grinders cap on tonight uh, how you doing yeah doing good we finally get a difficult golf course on tap this week uh, i'm tired of the 30 under par uh winning every week but uh yeah we got some uh people in the chat already asking some questions uh dollar bill says he's ready for cam champ to rip um so he's obviously on the bomber narrative and then uh derek ringering big fan of the first name uh looking forward to the show so yeah, I'm excited uh, for this week. Torrey Pines, one of my favorites. I know the golf architecture nerds out there don't like this course for whatever reason, but uh, it always produces a great leaderboard, uh, and I can't wait for the week. Yeah, as for last week, you know, it's uh, I'm kind of with you. It's time for a tough test. I mean, the cut line after it was after three days, but the cut line was 13 under par. That's just ridiculous. Um, you know, birdies every other hole. 
Uh, great story for, for Nick Dunlap, the amateur winning the tournament, holding off a charge from Sebez, from Shoffley, had Justin Thomas in the mix there, Sam Burns, your favorite heading into Sunday, had a tough final round. Uh, but uh, kudos to the amateur uh, for, uh, you know, picking up a win. And when he turns pro, he'll be exempt for a couple years. Uh, but he doesn't get the paycheck that comes along with the victory. So, uh, you know, I, I saw a lot of discourse on social media about, well, now these college athletes in, in the NCAA can get paid, uh, you know, the football guys can get paid millions of dollars for NIL. And uh, now Dunlap's, you know, not even taking home the check for winning a, a golf, a professional golf tournament. So, um, you know, curious is your take on that, uh, that kind of debate there. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's, I think he's going to turn pro, right? Uh, so he's already examined think all, so. the, all the signature events. I mean, he can, he can stay an amateur and play in all of the uh, majors because he did win the, the USAM. So, uh, I guess Do they get won. paid for finishes in those though. No. Okay. But I mean, he's going to be making a bunch of money from the NIL deals anyway, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't have a strong take. I think, I guess you have to declare it if you want to turn pro before the event. So he couldn't have come out Saturday night and said he's turning pro. <laughs> turning pro, guys. Thanks. I mean, I think you should be able to at any point. Um, but yeah, I mean, really cool story. Uh, I wasn't following too closely on Sunday just because uh, once Justin Thomas hit in the water twice on the par fives, uh, you know, my sweats were kind of dead. But, uh, yeah, I mean, for him to hold on, he lost the lead there on the back nine and then ended up getting it back because. Yeah, I figured he was toast at that point. Because yeah, Burns, uh, you know, went double-double on his last two holes, which uh, is good in basketball, not in golf. But, uh, yeah, I saw a story on Sebez today. Apparently he drank rat poison when he was a toddler, and that's kind of why he can't really talk that well. Um, I, it's a, I never heard that story. I hadn't either. I hadn't until you just told me just now. So uh, that stuff's no joke. Uh, it's uh, I remember one of my uh, family members' dogs got into some rat poison on a golf course, ironically enough. And uh, uh, he was sick for a long time. Obviously, dog and human, not necessarily direct correlation there. But uh, yeah, that stuff can can cause some lasting effects. So, uh, wow, interesting. I'll have to check that out after the show. Yep. Any uh, other takeaways from you? I had a pretty bad DFS week. Uh, didn't have 66 in my main, and then none of my MME stuff really came through. Yeah, I had a couple of 6 uh, <clears throat> of 6 lineups, but um, didn't have any burns. I had a couple guys that finished a minus 12, I think three. Uh, Lindheim was on like my two best rosters. He ended up missing by one stroke. I uh, had some Lowry. He missed by one, so... Uh, it was just, it was a tough week. It was a very competitive week um, because, you know, nobody had Dunlap. So uh, it was just a matter of, A, you had to have six to six because there were so many birdies, even though, you know, the course maybe played a little bit tougher on Sunday. Tough Sunday for Patrick Cantlay, who went from like top 10 to 52nd uh, with a plus four. Uh, so that was, you know, another takeaway. Um Finau with a solid week, Sung JM both uh, finishing inside the top 25. But really, I mean, I, I think taking a whole lot away from last week's results is probably a little bit of a mistake because it's basically just a scoring contest. And, you know, if you're healthy, get guys who are at least striking it well. If somebody was, you know, minus 12 last week or minus 10 and missed the cut by a stroke or two uh, on that, you know, three-course birdie fest, I, I wouldn't worry too much about it. 
Yep, uh, totally agree. It was nice to see a couple guys that we don't see on this side of the pond play well. Alexander Bjork, T11, uh, Rio is set soon, which I still don't know how to pronounce his last name. That's my uh, on my to-do list before next week's show. Um, he also finished T11, and then you know Minwoo Lee was up there. So uh, yeah, some some good names there. And Justin Thomas was able to secure his spot into the first signature events. That's why he uh, withdrew from this week's event. Um, it's kind of nice to have some stakes for guys that, you know, don't play well the year before. Yeah, for sure. And a uh, good start to a potential bounce back season for him. Uh, we also saw Will Zalatoris and Daniel Berger both made the cut last week. They finished kind of middle of the pack, uh, but uh, positive signs from those guys coming back from injury, especially Zalatoris, who had had a couple of really, really bad weeks since returning. So maybe he's knocked off some of the rust. Putter's still going to be an issue with him, obviously. Uh, but uh more encouraging sign finishing T34 than than finishing near the bottom. So, uh, and we're out for blood so far in the snake drafts. Noto won two weeks ago. I won the snake draft last week. Uh, somehow got six guys through the cut in the uh, the snake draft. So, uh, yeah, we got two W's uh, from uh, Team RG to start the year in the snake draft. So, uh, should be a really strong uh, event this week. And uh, we can uh, knock out another snake draft hopefully at the end of the show. So, I don't think uh, there's too much point in uh, in talking about anything else from last week. There were a lot of birdies. Move on. New week. And uh, as Noto mentioned at the top of the show, finally, a tough test uh, compared to all these events we've seen, especially so far this uh, January. And then going back into the fall swing where you just see so many birdie fests. Uh, we finally got a course where, you know, it's guys are going to struggle to to break par on the uh, on the primary course there at uh, Torrey Pines. So uh, why don't you go over what we got this week? Yeah. So the South course is the host course. Um, this is where, you know, Tiger Woods won all those events many years ago. Um, I hosted a U.S. Open a few years back when John Rahm won. And it's an absolute mammoth. I mean, 7,800 yards nearly, uh, par 72. The fairways are narrow. The rough is thick. The greens are small. Um, you're going to see like 50% of drives hit the fairway. You're going to see um, not very many guys get to the green in regulation. So I do think there's going to be a big edge to the Bombers. Obviously, the course is long, but uh, not only that, but even the shorter hitters are going to have problem hitting these fairways. So it's an advantage to be in the fairway, but it's just going to be tough to hit for everyone. So you might as well be closer to the hole. Uh, you can take some shorter irons out of the rough. Um, I think scrambling is going to play a bigger factor than we've seen at any event so far this season because the greens are going to be difficult to hit. And the the greens themselves, they're kind of tricky. They have the Poana grass, so they're going to be bumpy, especially in the afternoons. You're going to hear a lot of golfers complain about it. So guys that are familiar with Poana, guys that have played in California before, grew up in California, tend to have an edge at this event. As far as the north course, uh, it's still fairly long. I mean, it's like 7,300 yards almost. But uh, much easier. It's typically one of the top 15 easiest courses on the PJ Tour. So golfers are going to have to get off to a good start um, in one of their, you know, four rounds at the at the North Course. Yeah. So always a priority in showdown to uh, try to play some golfers on the North Course the first couple of rounds because it should play a couple strokes easier those first two days. And then uh, once we get to the weekend, uh, the North Course is no longer used, and just the South Course for those final couple of rounds. So, um, you know, might struggle to see guys uh, breaking par at times and especially if the winds pick up, but, uh, uh, should be a really fun test, a, a strong field assembled 
and uh, you know, having guys that aren't going to make birdies every other hole is, uh, is certainly fine as well. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, start digging in to the uh, contests on DraftKings this week. And another factor is because of the football schedule, this tournament has uh, always the last, I think this is the third year in a row. It's been contested Wednesday to Saturday. So uh, Wednesday, early morning start on the West coast, later morning start on the East coast. Don't get stuck with those dummy lineups this week with that early start. So uh, we've got, let's see our usual four golfers above 10 K Shoffley can't lay Morikawa and Max Homa. Who's the defending champ and uh, has a good history out here. Uh, what do you make of those top four guys this week? Yeah. So I think this is a week where you want to prior prioritize one of these uh, 10K golfers. They're all just so strong. My favorite is probably going to be Xander um, from San Diego. So he's from the area. Uh, very familiar with California golf. He's so consistent across the board. He put together a nice weekend to finish third last week. And look at his course history. He kind of struggled here to start his career, but since, I mean, he's finished second, 34, 13th, the last three years. Um, no issue with anybody else. I mean, Cantlay, Hasn't played here as much as some of the other guys um, priced up here. So I do think he's kind of going to get squeezed in terms of ownership. I think he's a nice uh, pivot, nice large field MME play. Morikawa, you can worry about the distance, but I don't think it matters much. I mean, he's a guy that has gained a bunch of strokes off the tee at this event in particular. Um, he does at a lot of events, but he's also finished 21st and third here in his last couple starts. The form has been awesome coming in. Um, and then Homa is obviously the defending champ. So can't really find a fault with any of them. I'll side with Xander because I think he's the safest. But, yeah, I like uh, all four of them. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting, too, especially if some people maybe start to shy away from Cantley a little bit because of that final round last week. Comes down to ownership for sure. And, uh, yeah, I don't mind sprinkling in all four of them. I do like that 10K range uh, quite a bit. Uh, and then Sungjae right below it at, at 9,900, I think is a guy that, uh, again, it doesn't seem to get the recognition as the other top guys on tour, maybe not quite as long as some of the others, but, uh, he's had progressively better results. So he's five times he's played here. He's finished better every time, uh, a couple of really strong finishes his last two trips, decent start to the year. So heading down to 9,900, I, I like Sungjae and would call that kind of a top five, uh, before you kind of get down to the next tier there. Uh, in the nine K's, but again, this, this is a fairly deep field, so it's not like the nine K's are bad. Uh, but uh, I do like maybe prioritizing getting one of those top five. So, all right. So Sungjae, as I mentioned, leads off the nine K's. I like him a good bit. Uh, I know Noto is usually a fan of Jason day at this event. Day has a strong history here. Tony Finau has played well here. Eric Cole plays well everywhere. Uh, you got Minwoo Lee in here and Obear also. What are your thoughts on the nine uh, K range? Yeah, you know me too well. We've been doing these shows a long time. Uh, Jason Day is going to be my favorite. I mean, he just tears this place up. He has two wins here and seven top 10 finishes in his last 11 starts. Uh, look at the recent form. I mean, he's 11th, 10th, and 34th. Uh, he's gained strokes ball striking each of his last two starts. And he did win the combo PGA and LPGA event back in December. So that's not really in his game log, but uh, he obviously played well enough to win that. Uh, and right now he's like 11% ownership. I'd be surprised if that holds, but if it does, um, I'll definitely be happy about it. No issue with Sungjae. Uh, if you could like draw up a perfect Obert course, this is probably it. He's probably the best driver of the ball uh, in the field. So, um, you know, first timers haven't had a ton of success here in terms of wins, but they do have a lot of high finishes. So I will be playing some Obert. 
be now on the West Coast is always viable. Min Woo's got that um, distance plus around the green combo that I kind of like this week, but he's a first timer too. For me, the odd man out is going to be Eric Cole. Um, I've played him, I think, every event the last six months, but it's hard to spray the ball and be short off the tee here. Um, so that worries me a little bit. Uh, he's played well everywhere. Uh, we saw him play well at the Honda where he nearly won. Really difficult course, but I just worry about the length myself. Yeah, I'm out on him this week, too. I mean, obviously, he's no longer coming at any sort of discount, and deservedly so because of the way he's been playing. Uh, you know, 21st, 13th, 14th, 3rd, 2nd, 3rd, 35th, 4th, heading back to the fall swing. So just incredibly consistent results. But um, I like Finau a lot here as well. I mentioned I like Sungjae. Uh, you know, all those guys about slightly above him in price, I think, just make a little bit more sense. Um, Finau, positive signs with him. Good history here as well. So uh, those are the guys that uh, that I am targeting in the, the 9K range. Um, and then maybe if you get, you can probably get like one of the 10 K's and one of the nine K's together in a lineup that, I mean, even if you let's heck, let's even try three. So if I tried to start with like, uh, let's say, uh, Morikawa day and Finau, that still leaves you with 7,000 each for your other three spots. So maybe a little bit then, uh, but, uh, you know, you could do it if you wanted to go superstars and scrubs. Uh, get three guys above 9,000. Otherwise, two is much more doable. Uh, I think it definitely makes some sense this week because the end of the 8Ks, I think, is maybe where you do see a little bit of a dip, at least in terms of consistency. Uh, if you're looking for safety with some of these guys, certainly I think there's some GPP plays in the 8K range. Uh, Keegan Bradley's a guy who has played well here in the past. Uh, the Gala might be a pretty good fit for this course. I think Matsuyama's really interesting here as well. Uh, he seems healthy. I mean, I think the finishes, you, you know, aren't going to jump out at you. Um, you know, T30, uh, his last start in the 50s, kind of before that. But at least he seems healthy. Uh, this is another layout that uh, should lead to, you know, fit into his strengths. And like Jason Day, like people just don't like rostering Matsuyama because there's always that you never know with the injury risk. Um and so, you know, if you're not afraid to roster day, I think Hideki's in a good spot here at 8,500. Uh, so I think for sure Matsuyama uh, is probably my favorite tournament option in this 8K range. I think Bradley and Tigala are interesting as well. Uh, what do you think about this group? Man, it's so nice to be in the 8Ks and still have a lot of good golfers to choose from. Um, and I'm going to yeah, go out I mean, on we're not, we're not down to, you know, like uh, Tom Hoagie and, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, Davis Thompson at 8,500. Those guys are 7K this week. I know. It's nice. Uh, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say the winner's not going to be 200 to 1 or 500 to 1. The last three winners have been at least like 200 to 1. Yeah. So uh, typically, the harder the course, the better golfer ends up winning just because the emphasis on tee to green and all that fun stuff. But uh, I like the Hideki call. I wasn't expected to play him coming into the week, but you know, I run my model, I do some comp course stuff. He's like top five in this field on Poana Green courses, on long par 72s, and on the whole yardage breakdown uh, at, at this course in particular. So I just look at like how many par fours are between 450 and 500 compared to scoring, all that stuff. So he rates that well and all that. Uh, he's got two top tens here the last five years. Doesn't look like he's going to get a lot of ownership. Love Tigala, uh, another guy from California, plays well in California, has a win in California fourth and 25th here the last two years and 
I still think he's the best on courses where driving accuracy doesn't matter all that much. So I like him quite a bit. And then Justin Rose, it just seems like one of those courses where the old veterans play well. Um, and he's got a really good track record around these parts uh, as well. All right. Interesting. I wasn't expecting the Rose uh, love this week. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he does. Uh, certainly a guy who's, you know, he's been stringing together some made cuts, uh, kind of like Hideki. The finishes aren't going to jump out at you. Rose has shown maybe a little bit more flash, uh, but uh, at 8,300, tend to get overlooked a little bit, especially when you look at, you know, it'll be interesting to see how people handle Berger coming back, making the cut last week. Zalatoris finally made the cut last week. Sebez coming off a runner-up finish. Uh, Moronk has been playing great worldwide. Hasn't really translated to that to success on U.S. soil just yet. Uh, but, I mean, four guys in there that you can certainly see upside from right at the bottom of the 8K range with Moronk, Berger, Zalatoris, and Sebez. Uh, any particular interest in any one of those four guys this week? Uh, maybe, yeah, I don't know. Maybe Hoygaard. Um, he's really long off the tee. I was looking at data golf stuff. They have him as one of the top five fits for this course. So I could maybe play some Hoygaard. Um, Seb Strzok is interesting too. Guy that can just get red hot. Um, we've seen him contend like at the Open and some of these other difficult courses. And then we do have a question. Um from the chat, when building for the main slate, how much do you, weight do you put on guys that are playing the north course? I'm guessing first. Uh, are you jamming them in or more of a 1v1 type of thing? That's an interesting question because if you play the south course first and get off to a really bad start, it's going to be hard to battle back and make the make the cut. So do you put any stock into guys playing the easier course first? Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most, when you shave with Harry's get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash blue wire. That's harrys.com slash blue wire for a $3 trial set. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price. Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Not particularly. I mean, I, I'd be interested to see what the data shows for that over the years. I admittedly don't have that in front of me. Um, but probably not a big deal. Like last year, I think it was last year, I put some stock into it because one of the first two days was like super windy. Um, and so I remember we had the discussion of, would you rather play the easier course on the windy day 
uh, or would you rather play the harder course on the windy day? I think I settled on uh, playing the easier course on the windy day. But anyway, it doesn't matter this week because they're calling for like seven to 10 mile an hour winds every day. Uh, so it doesn't look like the weather's going to be a factor. Um, yeah, other than prioritizing the north course and showdown, like I, I don't I don't think that's a factor. I mean, if you're going to shoot plus six on the south course, you're not going to make the cut whether you do that on Thursday or Friday. So uh, maybe it gives your line. Maybe it looks makes your lineups look better after Thursday because all your guys played the easy course. But in reality, I, I really don't think it matters. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Unless you like have, I don't know, a head case, Billy Horschel or something where you don't want. Yeah, him. I'm not playing him anyway, so we don't yeah. have to worry about that. Uh, if he's even in the field, I don't know if he is because I'm not playing him anyway. Yeah. Uh, if so he just is. play your favorite guys. Yeah, he's 7,400 if you want to, if you want to ride the horse, will train. All right. Uh, but any, anything, any interest in the other guys at the bottom of the AK range? No Moronk, not jumping on Burger or Willie Z yet? Uh, Willie Z's tempting. Maybe include him in my uh, MME this week. He did gain across the board in his two rounds that we have Shaoling data for last week. So putter wasn't an issue. We know he likes difficult courses. I almost won here. Uh, when he lost in that playoff. So he's probably my favorite. When he lost in the playoff, he lost to Luke List a couple years ago. That was heartbreaking for me. I remember having a, a few bets on Zalatoris that week, but uh, uh, Luke List, uh, perfect course for him, long off the tee. We know the putter's going to be a problem, uh, but uh, he's had pretty good results here and really pretty consistent results overall, especially for him. It's all just going to come down to the putter. Uh, and on a more difficult scoring course, I think it obviously sets up well for him. And he's had success here. Uh, you've got Jaeger, who's been super consistent in the upper end of the 7Ks as well. Ben Griffin, who I know Noto has liked over the past couple of months. Uh, Lowry missed the cut on the number last week at 7,900, but he tends to play better on more difficult courses as well. I've seen some Bo Hostler chatter out there this week. Uh, what do you like in the uh, upper part of the 7Ks? Yeah, Lowry stands out to me. I think he's a better golfer than everyone else priced around him. I mean, he's $200 more expensive than Patrick Rogers, Bo Hosser, some of these guys. I mean, I like I like them this week as well, but he just seems a, a cut above. He tends to play a difficult golf course as well, and he doesn't seem to be getting any ownership. I think if he would have made the cut last week, he'd probably be higher owned. And prior to that, uh, his three starts were all overseas. So anyone that's looking at, like, game logs or just PGA Tour – results they're not going to see that he finished 18th 18th and third in those in those outings so i do like lowry quite a bit i'm going to be playing a lot of bo hostler he's the guy that my model loves all of a sudden um he's finally driving the ball well his irons have been improving over the last year of play and his track record here is up and down um, but the last three cuts he's missed have all been on the number or by two strokes so i think he's a he's a pretty decent fit given the fact that he's a good driver and scrambler um, I'll leave Luke List to you. I'm not playing Luke List, but uh, tell me why you're playing a chalky Luke List. <laughs> well, it depends on uh, it depends on your perspective, I guess. But I'm gonna have enough lower ownership guys that it, it, I, I the last time I tried the Luke List fade, uh, he's not gonna make enough putts, and uh, you know he goes out and wins. I just don't want to be the uh, the guy that gets burned by Luke List this week um and it's not like you know in the old days it was he would go say 25 miscut fifth miscut 
Uh, he's at least started to show more consistency. Like he hasn't missed a cut since the summer of last year. And he's got the win, obviously at the Sanderson farms, he's got three other top 25 sprinkled in there. So, you know, I just, I think he's probably a lock cash game play this week and I'll just be even or, or slightly over the field in GPPs. And I mean, we'll let, it's not gonna, it's not gonna kill me if he, uh, if he wins and it's not going to be the end of my week either, if he does terribly. So I'm not going to take a bold, bold stance and just say I'm locking him in. Uh, but yeah, I'm not fading him this week on a course where distance is a benefit. So now I'm, you can queue up the miss putts. I'm so spurned by his freaking, I played him for like 10 years straight, never did anything good. And then I start fading him and he's just the best putter in the world. So yeah, I don't know. But uh, we do have a question, and I've seen this in our Discord as well. Um, the DraftKings has showdown contests specifically for each course, but I can't find them on DraftKings. Um, but if that's the case, it'll definitely make showdown more interesting because when they don't have separate uh, contests for courses, everyone just fades the guys on the south course. I'm checking that now to see. Um, no, I don't think, I think all of these are, are both courses. Oh, oh, there's single course showdown. I see there's just PGA tour showdown and then there's PGA tour single course showdown. Now the, is that on your phone or on the desktop? No, I'm on the desktop one right now. I Uh, I mean, it's not. Well, if you just filter by showdown and then so what I did is I sorted by I sorted by prize pool. There's not a lot of GPPs. There's not a lot of showdown GPPs for the first round because all the classic contests have to fill. But there are some like right now, it's just three mans and head to heads, I think, and four mans that say single course showdown. So, okay, gotcha. That'll be interesting. Well, that's uh, another layer of strategy involved this week. Uh, though, if you're just playing the single course, then obviously everybody will have the north or south course, and that'll only be for the first two rounds. So, three rounds three and four uh, will be all contested on the south course. All right. Uh, if you're not playing Luke List, who do you like? And that's another reason why you know I'm kind of playing him. I don't like a whole lot else than that. Like, I'll play the chalky list and. Everybody else can play the chalky hostler. We'll see which side wins out. Uh, but uh, my boy Ryan Fox is in the field. So, A, if Ryan Fox is in the field, and B, it's a course where it benefits you to hit the ball a long way. Uh, whether or not you do other stuff well or not, I will be playing some Ryan Fox. Uh, it has the potential to go well sometimes. It also has the potential to uh, burst into flames. But uh, I am a Ryan Fox uh, stan, if you will. So give me some Ryan Fox at 7,500. Uh, what else do you like in kind of as we head to the bottom of the seven Ks here? Yeah, on board with Ryan Fox. I think he's a good course fit. He's never played here before. Um, but I think, yeah, I think uh, he tends to play well in like majors and long courses. I also like Patrick Rogers a little bit. He's going to be kind of popular, but he's one of the longer hitters in, in the field. Um, he's been up and down here, but does have a top 10. Went to Stanford, so pretty familiar with California golf. And then moving down to the lower end. I think Pendrith is a little bit interesting, kind of a boomer bust guy, but he's a bomber. Um, my favorite play is probably going to be Taylor Moore. He's only 7,300, 4% ownership right now. 
Uh, he's been playing pretty well. He hasn't played a lot um, since the Tour Championship, but he's got a T11 here, and he's got that nice combo of distance off the tee with putting. Um, so I think he's interesting if you want to get away from some of the chalk in the lower sevens. Shane creates out well for me. Uh, I'll go back to Taylor Montgomery. I know he kind of fell apart on the weekend, but he's got two top 35s here. He's been playing better. The ball striking has actually been in the positive for for a nice change of pace for him. Um, who are some of the guys you like? Yeah, I was going to ask you about Montgomery there because it looks like we got him about 12% ownership. So you can go back to your boy uh, Hisatsuna as well at 7,500 if you want to do that. Another guy who's been playing pretty well. Uh, Michael Kim with a top 10 last week and uh, cool. some consistency from him too at 7,300. I think he's viable. Um, I've been playing Davis Thompson for the better part of a couple months. Uh, he was T21 last week and has not missed a cut since the summer as well. So uh, Thompson at 7,200, especially since that's a relative discount. Uh, I think he's all right. And then uh, until he misses a cut, I'm going to play Ben Coles at 7K. I know the finishes haven't been like outstanding by any means, but again, take last week with a little bit of a grain of salt uh, because of you know just how much of a birdie fest it was. Uh, this guy made a ton of cuts on the Corn Ferry Tour. He's still only 7K, and I'm just going to play him every week until he misses a cut. So it uh, hasn't yet, and uh, and he's just a nice value there at 7,000. So you know that's between the both of us there. Shank, I think, is fine as well, who you mentioned. You know, that's maybe eight or nine guys from 7k to 7,500 that are rosterable. And that's what makes getting maybe two 9k and up options, at least uh, more viable this week than most weeks. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Michael Kim, he went to Torrey Pines high school and uh, he was not happy with the PGA tour, leaving him off of the list of locals um, in their article. Oof. This week. So he's got that is the personal narrative of yeah. all narratives. Yeah, so uh, we got that going for us. Um, although we also have the narrative where he, if he tweets a lot, his game goes the wrong direction. So we got battling, dueling narratives um, this week. Yeah, we'll see which one wins out for sure this week. Uh, I like that. I like he's going to be motivated to go out <laughs> and uh, make sure he's on the cover of that PGA Tour media guide next year uh, when it comes to, uh, to Tory Pine. So, all right, that takes us through uh, the 7Ks. I do think at that point it kind of, you know, really dips. Um, there's not a whole lot of guys in the uh, in the six Ks that you're getting consistent form from. I know we had the one of viewer mention it's Cameron Champ week. He's missed back to back cuts, uh, but it is a course where it uh, it helps if you hit a long way. So that is literally the argument for Cam Champ this week. He hits it a long way, uh, but uh, you know, guys like Carson Young, we haven't seen as much from lately. Um, you know, Neesmith, I suppose you could make a case for, but he hasn't been playing that well. Um, I prefer to stick to like that set low seven range to get maybe two or three guys uh, as needed or, or to round out my stars and scrubs type of lineups. Maybe just one guy from down there if you're doing more of a balanced build. But uh, anybody that stands out to you in here? Yeah, I actually do like the 6Ks quite a bit. I'll start with Vincent Norman, uh, one of the longest hitters uh, in the field. He was T44 here last year. You know, he won last fall. Played pretty well overseas and a couple starts over there. Um, so I like him at 6,900. Victor Perez, a couple top 10s overseas as well. Decent distance off the tee. Not a bomber um, like Norman, but... Um, I do like the idea of just chasing some distance down here. Uh, Jonathan Vegas missed the cut on the number. Um, he's coming back from an elbow injury, but 
Uh, played pretty well last week other than just missing a four-footer to miss the cut. Um, he's got a good track record around here. Don't mind Cam Champ. Don't mind going back to Toasty. Um, apparently, he had a blow-up uh, with the scorekeeper. Um, that didn't take last long. Last week, so... Uh, it wasn't his caddy. I was, that's who my money was on. Um, I guess it was the scorekeeper when he signed his card. But, uh, yeah, those, those are the guys that I like. I think you can play quite a few of them. Interesting. Yeah, I'm not heavy on that range at all, but I really like the lower end of the 7Ks, so I haven't found a need to dip down in here too much. I'm out on champ, just especially if he picks up a little bit of steam. Um, I tried playing some Chris Goddard up last week. He shot like all how easy all those courses were playing and got her up shot like six over par in the first round. <laughs> well, that one's done. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's anybody else that I have to add. So if you want to dip down into the into this range, I go for uh, one of those guys that uh, that Noto mentioned there. So. All right. I think that wraps up our general discussion of the tournament. Again, we've brought back the snake draft. So if you want to stick around and draft with us live, get ready to join a $5 snake draft on DraftKings. But for those of you who are hopping off of the broadcast, uh, always appreciate you tuning in. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you uh, want to know when we go live all the time here at Roto Grinders, or at least leave us a thumbs up on this video so that uh, we can keep bringing you golf content every week and uh, help beat those YouTube algorithms. So as always, thanks for watching. 